The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. The conflict between Israel and Palestine is long and complex. At its core, it's a fight over territory, but it's so much more than that with religion, nationalism and a lot of history behind it. In this episode, we take a look at Israel and Palestine, what they're fighting over and why America and others are involved in this immensely complicated conflict. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, the region we're talking about is located on the eastern shore of the Mediterranean Sea. And before we drill down on the specifics of this conflict, let's get on top of who we're talking about. First up is Israel, the only state in the world with a majority Jewish population. The State of Israel was created in 1948 after the end of the Second World War and the horrors of the Nazi Holocaust. It was a culmination of a long-standing effort for there to be a national homeland for Jews who were scattered all over the world. And then, of course, there's Palestine. Palestinians, who are the Arab population that hails from the land that Israel now controls, refer to that territory as Palestine, and they want to establish a state by that name in all or part of some of that land. The area is so contested because both the Jews and the Arab Muslims have a couple of thousand years of history in that area. And more than that, it's actually considered holy ground, particularly the city of Jerusalem. That's the birthplace of Judaism and Christianity, and Muslims believe it's the place where Muhammad ascended to heaven. So it's a very special place to hundreds of millions of people around the world. And the ongoing Israeli-Palestinian conflict is over who gets what land and how it's controlled. Let's have a look now at the modern conflict between the two. In the first half of the 1900s, Jews fleeing persecution in Europe wanted to establish a national homeland in what was then an Arab and Muslim majority territory in the Ottoman and then later the British Empire. The Arabs resisted, seeing the land as rightfully theirs. That's right. And after World War II, there was an early United Nations plan to give each group part of that land. That failed and Israel and the surrounding Arab nations fought several wars over the territory. 1948, Claire, is particularly of note. Yeah, that's the year that Israel declares its independence and during the fighting that ensued over the borders, around 750,000 Palestinian Arabs either flee or are expelled from Israel out of their total population of 1.2 million. A series of uneasy armistices between Israel and neighbours Egypt and Jordan were struck. And the other war that's pivotal in understanding the conflict today is the war in 1967. Known as the Six-Day War, Israel fought Egypt and Jordan and Syria in a fight that left Israel in control of East Jerusalem, all of the West Bank, Gaza, Golan Heights and Sinai. Jewish settlements are set up in all of those areas in the coming years with government approval. More on the Six-Day War shortly, but it's the West Bank and Gaza Strip that will be ringing news bells for many listening. These are the two territories that are home to large Palestinian populations. And the Palestinians in the West Bank and East Jerusalem have lived under Israeli occupation since that war in 1967. The settlements that Israel has built on the West Bank are home to nearly 500,000 people and they're deemed to be illegal under international law, although Israel disputes this. And I guess it's how to resolve this dispute that has stumped world leaders for decades. Let's have a look at that now. 
primary approach to resolving the conflict has been a so-called two-state solution. Claire, what is that? It is as advertised on the packet. It means that the Israelis and the Palestinians would agree to establish Palestine as an independent state in Gaza and most of the West Bank and would leave the rest of the land to Israel. Very clear in theory, but the two sides have been deeply divided over how to make it work in practice. What's the alternative, though? The alternative to a two-state solution is a one-state solution, wherein all of the land becomes either part of one big Israel or one big Palestine. But for all the reasons we've talked about, that seems to cause more problems than it would solve. And to revisit how deep those problems are, back to the Six-Day War in 1967, the result of which, as we mentioned earlier, was that Israel was now occupying and ruling over all of the Palestinian territories, including the West Bank and Gaza. That's right. And it was the Palestine Liberation Organisation, known as the PLO, who fought against Israeli occupation of those regions. The PLO was set up to seek a Palestinian state. It's been described as a terror organisation by some. For others, it's a legitimate representative body of the Palestinians. It really depends on who you ask. So from the late 60s all the way through to the 90s, there was lots of fighting. There was also a lot of Jewish settlement in the West Bank and Gaza. Those are the regions that the PLO considered Palestinian land. A lot of dirty water going under the bridge, that's right. And there was a significant uprising from the Palestinians between 1987 and 1993. And so in 1993, in an attempt at peace, the Israeli Prime Minister at the time, Yatzik Rabin, and the PLO leader Yasser Arafat signed the Oslo Declaration to plot Palestinian self-government. And also under Rabin's leadership at the time, the Jewish settlement expansion program in that contentious West Bank and Gaza area ends. And it was those moves that saw Rabin, Yasser Arafat and Israeli Foreign Minister Shimon Peres jointly awarded Claire the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, that was in 1994. But on the ground, extremists on both sides are really unhappy with the compromises that are made. And about a year after that, in 1995, an Israeli extremist shoots Rabin dead in Tel Aviv and Shimon Peres takes over as prime minister. And on the Palestinian side, an extremist group, Hamas, is formed with its sole purpose dedicated to the destruction of Israel. So with these violent conflicts continuing across the 90s and well into the 2000s, it's in the mid-90s that a familiar name comes to the fore, Claire, Benjamin Netanyahu. It was in 1996 when Benjamin Netanyahu, the leader of the Likud party, is elected Prime Minister of Israel. His election, Claire, signalled a shift to the right. That's right. And with that political alignment and nationalist tones, Netanyahu halted further concessions to the Palestinians under that peace process that was started by Rabin and the settlement expansion resumed in that Gaza area. And over the next few years, the Liquid Party is in and out of power. The story of the 2000s is one of talks that start and fail, fighting between Israel and its foes in those contested areas and beyond continues. Throughout this time, however, Claire, Israel has a very powerful friend. It has, and that's America. It's provided billions of dollars in aid as well as diplomatic backing over the years to Israel. People disagree about why the US is so invested, but of course there's more than 4 million Jews who live in the US, and there's also an ideological support for the Israeli democracy. It operates in that very difficult Middle East region. 
America's support for Israel actually runs across party lines in the US. Things have gone, though, to another level under US President Donald Trump. The Trump administration formally recognised Jerusalem as Israel's capital. That's an issue that other leaders have avoided so as not to inflame the Muslim world, which, as we've also discussed, lays claim to parts of that city. And in 2019, the US said that it no longer considers those Israeli settlements on the West Bank to be illegal. And that's important because it breaks with decades of international law, US policy and the established position of most of the US's allies. And with the support of the Trump administration behind him, a newly elected Prime Minister Netanyahu is planning to annex parts of that occupied Palestinian territories. Annex essentially means to take over a territory. Yeah, and the Palestinian leadership, backed by key European Union countries and the Gulf states, have made it clear that they regard any move towards unilateral annexation as illegal. The United Nations agrees with that. The US, however, hasn't really given Israel a green light for that plan at this stage. So it's an issue we'll see in the news more and more. It's probably one of these shortcuts, Claire, that might need a part two, but hopefully this is a good starter for people. On to our recommendations. For me, I think it's always good to start with a map, perhaps even look at this map and then go back and re-listen to this shortcut again. (laughs) The BBC has a great Israel country profile, which importantly shows a map of that region. Some good facts always from the BBC, but also I found a really great Vox explainer. Vox is a US website that has all sorts of interesting content, but their Israel-Palestine explainer, everything you need to know about it, breaks it down into some really cool sort of cue cards so you can actually take it issue by issue and work your way through it. It says it's a comprehensive guide and that it certainly is. Thanks for listening in. If you have any requests for a squeeze shortcut, shoot it through to hello at thesqueeze.com.au. You could also leave us a review if you enjoy listening to these or share a link on social. Spreading the word really helps us to grow. Plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to, so get onto that. Until next time. Listener.